Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, and watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the video Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Left to the Projector. I am your host, Evan, back again with another film discussion from the left. For all you social media lovers out there, you can follow the program on TikTok and YouTube at Left of the Projector Pod. Also, you can listen on your podcast app of choice. But if you're an Apple Pod, Spotify, or Google user, please rate and review. It's much appreciated, you know, for the algorithm type stuff. Also, look out soon for a new merch store where you can grab some hats, t-shirts, and stickers to show off to your friends. This week, I am joined by a different Evan, who will be talking to me about James Cameron's classic, and no, I'm not talking about Titanic, I'm talking about his 2009 film, Avatar. We will jump right into the discussion. Hope you enjoy. With me to discuss the movie is also Evan. Thank you for joining me, Evan. I'm an imposter, Evan. Oh, I dropped the mic. I'm a secondary Evan. You're here to dethrone you. Um, yeah, hi, I am also Evan. I'm Evan like Star Trek on uh, on TikTok. I'm just a, I'm a man trying to make his way in the galaxy uh, to, to combine Star Trek and Star Wars and Avatar all in one thing. Yeah, they all... That's they, it. That's they what all, I do. <laughs> they, they all, they all yeah. have uh, some... some uh, some interesting aspects together, but this this movie is a long one. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I don't know what's taking you so long. It's been out for like thirty years, well, not that long, but a long time. You you can probably see it now soon because the sequel's coming out. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about about this movie, just in general, um, is you know, for, well, for first, let me tell you, give me your impressions of the movie overall, and then we'll kind of discuss some of the the themes. Well, first, not to go on, but it, it was actually, uh, it was re-released in China in 2021, which made it, again, the highest grossing movie in the world, uh, uh, which had been replaced by Avengers Endgame. But now it's Avatar again, baby, uh, which we, we love. And yes, they're going to re-release it again in America this year before the, uh, the much anticipated sequel, Avatar The Way of Water comes out. So uh, yeah, I will probably go back into a theater for that and we'll probably get COVID. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. No, I was just gonna say that uh, it would be awesome if they do it where you can see the first one and then watch the second one, just so I can spend nine hours in the movie theater. You know, as everyone loves yeah. to do. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. Oh God, um, I loved it when it came out. When people were telling me that oh they didn't like certain parts of it, I was like, "You're crazy! This movie is fantastic." It really. I is. watched it. In, yeah. I watched it in a theater um, twice when it came out. I cried like a baby um, at, at various parts. In fact, it's probably my most tear-filled uh, movie. Um, and yeah, I love everything about it. I would, I consider there are certain movies that like um, I call like you call them masterpieces. I like call them perfect movies, where they're not necessarily maybe the greatest movie ever made, but they're just a, a perfect movie. Like a movie like Die Hard is like a perfect movie, right? Everything there's nothing bad to say about Die Hard. Everything is done perfectly. And uh, uh, Avatar is one of those movies. I, to Agreed. the point where I actually, yeah, I think it should have won, like, Best Picture the year it came out. I forget uh, what did. It was probably some bad movie. I, I looked it up um, earlier, but I forget what it was. It was something that definitely should not have beaten it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, like, the year after um, Slumdog Millionaire beat The Dark Knight. Um, uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that they, they messed it up again uh go it was slum oh maybe it's a 2010 best picture i'm, uh, I'm not i'm not allowed to like google things while uh while we're doing the podcast no I'm that that's fair we, we, we should we should we should be factually accurate um but but kind of while you're maybe looking at that um one of the things you cannot avoid when you look at this movie um or at least i couldn't avoid when i saw it and then especially in previous release you know viewings is just the the blatant 
um, idea of sort of colonialism through this planetary expansion. So they're gone to a new planet, Pandora, and we're there to steal their resources on Obtainium because we need it to survive on Earth, you know, uh, kind of on the level of some, you know, coups that certain people in the United States have, Elon Musk, have tried to do in Bolivia to get, you know, uh, resources they need to uh, to make money. So um, I don't know how you saw that fitting in overall, because it's kind of like the, the without that need, there is no movie. There is no need to go to Pandora. Yeah. Well, well first of all, what's funny about the unobtainium thing, and also like people panned Avatar for saying unobtainium, even though it's a longstanding science fiction term uh, that that almost certainly in the movie itself, they were using as a shorthand for what the actual thing was called. But what's funny about it in the movie, the substance that they were going for with the, with the colonialism and the imperialism, uh, they they like mentioned briefly, oh yeah, it's a superconductor. Like they don't even say like what it does, no. really. Like it's just like it's almost a MacGuffin, even though they could have gone into detail about how useful this thing is. But yeah, um, that yes, that is that is the plot of the movie. The first thing you see when you get to Navi, uh, to, to to Pandora, and uh, with the, with the Navi, the first thing you see is this huge mining equipment there mm-hmm. and a giant quarry just a, a crater blasted in the surface of this otherwise beautiful planet um and a bunch of guys with guns standing around the the crater and yeah it, it, it couldn't be more clear um in fact uh, uh like when james cameron talked about this how this is about uh he said he said it was about um you know the early colonial period but like it's really just about all of it I, whether he likes it or not um, and he said, uh, it's not meant to be subtle, right? <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's, there's nothing subtle about it. Well, I think that I saw something in an interview where he uh, compared it to like the King Leopold of stealing rubber from the Congo. Um, you know, that was like you said, right. like an older, early colonialism for resources. But yeah, you can't, it's still happening right now. Yeah, well, of course, it's the tale of Pocahontas. It's, it's you know, it's Dances with Wolves uh, later on. It's, it's Fern Gully. Now, uh, James Cameron said he had this idea in his head since the 60s, and I tend to believe him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, you have all that old stuff. And, of course, then they, they mention these other lands that we have, you know, basically uh, used American influence on for whatever reason. Like, uh, you know, they talk about Venezuela and um, – yeah. uh, I, I, in the Nigeria, like every other country that they mention is some sort of resource that America specifically wants. Um, and yeah, and there's so many lines in this movie that 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 talk about it. In fact, uh, Jake Jake Sully, who we'll get into, um, my my beautiful blue boy, Jake Sully, um, kind of summarizes uh, like imperialism in a nutshell. And he's like, uh, if if I can, uh, no, please. I can find this because um, when people are sitting on shit that you want, they're making your enemy. And then you justify it taking. Right? Which is like literally what we did. Uh, literally what you know the Western world has done over and over and over and over again uh, throughout the history of civilization. Yeah, and that the last uh, the last episode I recorded is coming out in a couple weeks is uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and obviously that's Western expansion, but it's this it's the same story. It's literally the exact same story. You know, yeah. you can you can take any romanticized. Era. Romanticized, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, all the nice cowboys um, didn't kill anybody. <laughs> and and yeah, and the, the character the one of the characters in this in this film, we'll probably talk a bunch about a bunch of them, but it's kind of what was thinking about this is that um, so Sigourney Weaver in this movie um, plays plays uh, Doctor Grace Augustine. So Grace she's, Augustine, yes. So she so she's sort of the the head of the Avatar program, which you're meant to kind of see as oh, this is like the good thing about this movie. They're connecting with the locals by using this creation they've made, where you can inject your body into an avatar that they essentially grow. But the thing about it is. Do you think that the Avatar program really did have good intentions or was it built to for this purpose of being able to connect with the Navi? So ostensibly in the movie, they say, oh, yeah, we got these avatars. We're doing the Avatar thing so we can go. We can talk with the natives. We can reason with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, teach him a little bit, maybe teach him uh, how to enjoy Big Macs and whatnot. And then, uh, <laughs> hey, like all of a sudden, hey, you guys are going to come work with work with us. And yeah, you don't need this tree anymore. You can live in this freaking spaceship or this like, you know, giant like helicopter 
And yeah, just bulldoze this tree down. Let's get to that good stuff underneath and you can make money too. Um, so, and so I think like it was ostensibly started as like this education thing. And then they're like, oh, and then we'll just, you know, either they'll come with us or you know, we'll convince them to leave or we can say we tried, which right. is what really, yeah, that's what they kind of, at the very end, that's exactly what they say happened. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Oh, so like Sigourney, we, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, because in the, there's actually a cut scene that they cut from the film where there's more of a instance with Sigourney Weaver's character talking within like one of the original schools that they cut just because the movie was so long already. So yeah. they do seem, she does maybe seem like she cares, but does yeah. it matter? Right. So like, uh, um, it's a very good question. And for the record, that was in the version, I think it was in the extended version, which is the one I watched. Oh, the extended where they did okay. a lot of school stuff. Yeah. And they showed that Neytiri had a sister who died. Yes, that's um, right. Scandalous. Um, uh, yeah. So Sigourney Weaver, yes, she herself definitely believes. Now she knows, she knows what's going on. She knows she's part of the imperialist machine, but, um, throughout history, this has also been the case with real scientists. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think it was Darwin. I think Darwin, uh, and it might, if it wasn't Darwin, it's like a bunch of these other guys. It's kind of like the movie master and commander. You got a warship and you got the scientist on board and he does all the research. And, uh, a lot of science has grown out of stuff. Even like, even this program we're using right now to, <laughs> to, to do this podcast, you know, is based on the internet, which was grown out of DARPA, which is, you know, an organization de devoted to raining bombs upon brown people, right? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, but like she herself, she clear clearly cares, but she also like, she knows that our, you know, our hero, Jake Sully is like uh, uh, giving secrets to Cornel Quaritch. Yeah. Um, Super yeah, awesome evil guy, by the way. Great evil yes. uh, villain. Oh God, I uh, I can I cannot express how good Stephen Lang is in this movie. How good this character is. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do want to talk about uh, uh, that stuff. But yeah, no. So, and th so this is like, you know, um, and other people talk about it. this is uh, like Pete Buttigieg, right, working for McKinsey, right? Yeah. Or 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 so many of of our, you know, because. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to like out myself here, but like, uh, before I, uh, you know, before I, uh, red pilled myself <laughs> and uh, the, the real kind of red pilling, uh, not the conservative red pilling, but before I like, uh, uh, became a leftist, you know, I was, I, I liked, I always liked Bernie Sanders. I always liked socialism. I just didn't think it was feasible. I, didn't, I wasn't against any of the ideas. Um, and, but I thought, oh yeah, we got to do this stuff. And like, oh yeah, we have to work with some of these Democrats and some of these guys are real creeps. And like, <laughs> you know, and they all, they, they love capitalism, you know, m much more than I do. And they don't want things to be fair, but you got to work with them. And, you know, to a certain extent, like if you're going to work within the system and, um, and I have different thoughts about like what revolution can constitutes, uh, like in a way we are kind of also going to Weaver. Um, and you know, obviously like you can work really close to like the people doing evil, but she did in her, in her moments where she had control, where she could try to do something. She, she made the correct decision to do the she right did. thing. She did. Yeah. And yeah. And, and even though she's kind of helping the, the imperialists and in the end, um, helping them get their home tree destroyed. Uh, like I think it's telling that they accept her, um, not as a member of a clan, but when it comes down to it at, at the end, spoiler alert, like the only people that the Navi take with them to the tree of souls are, are they, they just take her actually. They leave Jake to rot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, in, in the, in the nine 11 ash. And uh, they take, uh, they take Sigourney Weaver because she has, as she says in the movie, and this may have been cut, but she devoted 10 years of her life to like teaching in this school. Yeah. I think that part and, was like, cut. Okay, yeah, she says so she says in the extended edition. This after this character is done. She really she, ten years a long time to be teaching kids English and stuff, and she's kind of wowed by the Navi. And of course, for her, the running joke of the movie is that she's always talking about how important it is to collect samples because it's always about her being on the outside, being objective. And uh, um, and this is like as James Cameron is pointing out, uh, objectivity. And you know, I think this actually plays into journalism a lot and media. Objectivity is one of the biggest lies of capitalism and imperialism that there is objectivity, right? That 
if she's just taking samples, she's not hurting the, the Navi, right? She's just teaching them English. She's not doing anything bad. But what she's really doing is softening them up for the inevitable, you know, genocide. Yeah, no, that's that's true. It's a it's an interesting point about the um, the objectivity, and, and actually, what made me think what I was thinking about that too is, oh God, I might have lost it. But the the she's oh I know what it was. My in my head, I was thinking of you know the person who's the scientist that kind of has to add that you know um, different take. I was thinking of like Dana Scully from like X Files, like she's like the 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 scientist that has to you know obviously it's the FBI you know it's not exactly objective uh, <laughs> ideas but she's like the one who's like the the has to lend a credence of of uh, science to the crazy theories of Mulder so I don't know it's she's she she has a she does evil things but I think she does have a good she does have a decent moral compass you can't say it's clear however. Um, you have the other villains of the movie, which are, we just mentioned, uh, Quaritch and uh, Parker Selfridge, played by, as you said, already Stephen Lang, and then Giovanni Ribisi, who I love in, yeah. in other movies. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but they're all awesome. Every single oh, yeah. one of them. No, I, well, to be clear, in this movie, acting-wise, like everyone is great. The, the weakest link is probably Michelle Rodriguez, and she still does a fine job. Yeah, she's um, fine. Yeah, uh, uh, Stephen Lang as Quaritch was just like immediately mind blowing, and like, uh, uh, like uh, I was just thinking about the names of these characters. Selfridge is like selfish, and it's also like self rich. Yeah, Quaritch is like is like also has got that rich in it, and also like uh, uh, maybe he's itching to quarrel. Like all the yeah, like, yeah, sully, interesting he's sullying the the environment, and Norm is the normal guy, right? Um, also, a great like, character in the in the movie that they cut apparently like half of his lines, which is such a oh, so yeah. shame. I think he's yeah, funny. Yeah, you can tell. You, yeah, you, yeah, you can tell he is. He was supposed to be in it, it more, and he is in, in a lot of those deleted scenes. But yeah, um, so of course, Quaritch uh, is like the military arm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, speaks in uh, military lingo. And, you know, uh, I've heard this point made before, but I'm gonna make it again. Uh, you know, people talk about the dialogue in this movie. And like, the first thing you see when you see Corridge is he, the first thing he says is you are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of the most cliched lines. You are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. Since since it came out in uh, in Wizard of Oz, uh, it's been used in a million movies. But like, have you ever listened to a military guy talk? This is how these people sound. Right? Yeah, his 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 big speech later is like just one cliche after another. Right. Yeah, and like the, this is what these are what uh, these guys sound like. This is what you know these these uh these semper fi dudes. You know, and I, I don't want to. Uh, vilify every single person in the military but like even jake sully is like this because uh uh he you know he's a marine and, and uh um he also says lines like this too and uh uh kind of less so as the movie goes on um and then you got a uh self-raging giovanni rubisi who's the capitalist arm of it he's like the owner of whatever company it is that's finding an obtainium and to be clear they're not called the Amer the american military no or, and like what Whatever, it's, like, it's technically like a non-profit. The RDA, which is what he works for, is like a non-profit, which is ridiculous. I don't even know that. But that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect as a non-profit. Um, uh, yeah, and, and he, you know, the first thing you see him do is he's playing golf uh, in, in, in this room with these huge windows that look out onto the beautiful scenery, right? And of course, everything wants to kill you outside, but like just, he just, golf. He just wants to go back to like, not, not. He wants to go back to an artificial wilderness, right? Which is yeah. like a golf course. That's right? funny. That's yeah, what, that's what he dreams of is leaving this this paradise. I mean, and to be fair, it is a paradise where humans are getting murdered on the regular. Uh, but uh, he he wants to leave there and go, come back so he can, you know, like putt with his friends or whatever <laughs> he does with the other rich people, right? Um, and and you know, one of the first things he does is he's like he he brings her over and he's like, look, this thing, this little rock here. This, this stuff is worth like $5 million. Uh, this is like $20 million a kilo is I think uh, um, uh, is the amount. That'll get you on a, a that'll, get, that'll get the, you know, if America knew right now that there was a, a planet nearby enough with like something uh, that uh, we'd be expensive there. and dense. Yeah, yeah, we would all, <laughs> not only that. <laughs> we might the be Navi there. Be, yeah, 
then Navi would be dead already. We wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have fought back or anything. They'd just be dead by now. We wouldn't. Have, we wouldn't have messed around with this whole like maybe let's let's try to teach him or anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a very interesting character, and of course. Uh, what you see here in the movie is as it goes along, eventually Quaritch takes over uh, towards the end, um, uh, especially once the Navi start fighting back. And that's kind of a very interesting note on Cameron's um, uh, part, because I think it's really what it's saying is that uh, capitalism and imperialism, even no matter what face you give to it, it is violence, right? Mm-hmm. It comes down to violence at the end. And even the nice guy who's playing golf, who he, who, who was even nice to Jake Sully in a way by giving him an extra chance to go talk to the Navi. Um, he, he gets, he gets a, a big time by, by Quaritch. Yep. Quaritch who works for him is like, sorry, dude, uh, I'm, I'm running things now. And he's, he can't say anything. In fact, he has like no more lines after that in the movie. And you just, when, when they kick him off the planet, he's just kind of like, Oh, <laughs> just like uh, sad puppy. Yeah. Oh, just in one note. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a nonprofit. It's like a non-governmental organization. So close, okay, NGO, close. yeah, but still, still, still. The, the, uh, still, those things are usually are not viewed as like, no, people look at NGOs and they're not like, Oh, this is Nike. They have this kind of like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Al- almost neutral quality to them. But of course there is no, you know, and most nonprofits are also very, uh, not neutral. Um, but I, uh, I, what I, what I want to say, I, we haven't talked about the capitalism at all in this movie. Unless no. you had another question. Well, the the thing I was just going to bring up, and maybe we'll get to that right after this, is that the the villains in the movie, and this kind of leads into from the part about the imperialism, and this goes back to you know books I've read about you know the terrible things we did, and not we as in America, but as in other imperialist nations like France and Netherlands, where they, you know, dehumanize the people who live there. So it's easier for them to destroy them. And so throughout this movie, especially Quaritch and Selfridge are constantly referring to them as savages, blue monkeys, and all kinds of horrible things is what you would expect. So that maybe it's so that they can live with their actions. Maybe it's just they really do see them as not oh, yeah. real people, um, both probably, but I think that plays into how they can justify their imperialism and stealing, and then how you know the we learn that the Earth has ten billion people on it; it's overpopulated, and they need you know as you capitalism needs to continue to grow. It's literally grown to the point where they have to go to another planet for it to keep growing. So, right. It's not really a question um, yeah. there, but those are just some some thoughts about no, both. No, I got, I got things to say. I have an answer to your non-question. Um, yeah. Now, first of all, just this is just me being. Um, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, that's that's me being this way. But uh, you know, so like uh, I disagree with Cameron about the overpopulation thing. Um, yes. Overpopulation. You you probably heard these arguments before, but often often the people making the overpopulation arguments are rich white people, and then then the question is, well, who's who's what's the overpopulated part? Who are the people? That are doing yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, Agreed. But like. Uh, yeah, and I think that carrying capacity for Earth, um, you know, it starts the the low ends like fourteen billion, and we're actually stuff is going down now. Talk about things that Elon Musk is obsessed with, um, but yeah, like uh, yes, the first thing that Quaritch says that when he's talking about the Navi, when he introduces them, he uh, he's he doesn't talk about any of their customs or anything like this. He just says they are a a population, a native population here that they're twelve feet tall. They got bones that are carbon reinforced and they're very hard to kill, right? <laughs> he, he like kind of respects them in a way of how difficult it is to do genocide. But only right? militarily. Yeah, right, right. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and there's actually a lot of, uh, um, I, I saw some of the special features, there's actually kind of like a lot of parallels between Korch and between the, the Navi warriors in terms of like honor and like uh, uh, loyalty to, to what they do. And mm-hmm. they like the you know he's got his little mech suit which is called an amp um and they got their little uh pterodactyl uh dragon things yeah 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 um and that and like he's like kind of welded to his while like you know natiri's welded there and stuff but yeah so that's really interesting yeah they, they they use this language and of course they dehumanize them and you know i think in general when you hear when you listen to guys who are in like a fallujah or whatever and like doing their thing over there when they talk about the people that they were shooting you know they this is how they sound right it they're not like yeah, makes them feel like, better oh, yeah. about what they're doing right they're not like oh a bunch of fathers and brothers ran up on us <laughs> 
they don't, they don't, you know, they don't say that, you know, right? A bunch of terrorists with, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 or whatever else. They, they, and they don't, they, they usually don't even say terrorists. And they, like, they'll say like target, right? Target, or, yeah. Or just like, yeah, yeah, because like that's the most dehumanizing thing you can do is not even, not even admit that this person is a terrorist with an ideology or even a person. Just, yeah, right. Yeah, just just a target. And yeah, they, they do that. They do the the blue monkey thing. And then Grace Augustine, on the other hand, the first thing she says about the, the Navi, she's talking about the school stuff. And she's like, these guys, they learn faster than we can teach them, right? They, 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 you know, these guys are really smart, right? Like, that's like, like, she's much more respectful of it, like almost surprised for, you know, coming from her own, even after 10 years, she's like, kind of surprised. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's what imperialism does. That's what we still do. That's what we do with like that's what we're doing today uh with uh because uh, like you know imperialism isn't just doesn't necessarily need to be like taking land or right. or whatever or or even resources they can just be like this kind of oppression of people that's what you you see with like uh, uh immigration and uh black people and of course trans people which is like uh um uh in fact the the, the just to talk about trans people for a second, which is my, as if you look at my TikToks, you'll know I talk about trans people a lot, but like, there's almost this kind of like, oh, you're not, you're not a man or a woman. You're, you're like, you're, you're nothing. Right. Like, uh, like, and, and it's kind of this dehumanizing language, which then you can say, well, you know, these people, these, uh, they're not really people. So you're not really hurting people, or if anything, you're helping them get back to becoming people by stopping them from doing the thing that makes them not people. Yeah, so like, in your own twisted way, way, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, and, and you know, those soldiers in, in how many of the soldiers in, in Iraq were like, oh, yeah, we're doing nation building. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're building, we're, <laughs> we're going to, they can, all these bullet casings, they can build a house out of them. Yeah, um, they can have like, a McDonald's yeah. here. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, God, it would be so great if they, like us, could have McDonald's. Um, huh. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's really, yeah, this kind of dehuman, this whole movie is about dehumanization. Um, but like, what's great about the movie is when it comes down to it, um, you know, the Navi are more able, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're more organized yep. and, and, and they're organized in a deeper way because they, not this like surface all attached by money, but a true love of the land and a connection with the land. Yeah I, was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say they're, they're connected through this spirit that they, feel and they it's part of like every you know every part of their being which we'll and maybe we'll get to that in a little bit but you mentioned um you know obviously uh the one of the jokes i've made on a, or i think not just myself on a couple other episodes is you know leftists like to inject capitalism to every possible thing and it's almost you know like uh, are you just are you just doing that because that's it's almost like uh it's not there but in this movie it's impossible to 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 ignore it it, yes, it's impossible to ignore. Now, for the most part, it does focus on the imperialistic, imperialistic aspect of like you know, American Empire and stuff like that, and um, and and colonialism. But there, but but they are there for the money, right? That's it. That's the whole reason is the money. And the first line of the movie, the very first line, is Jake Sully being like, "Yeah, my back's broken, and I could get it fixed with all our technology, but I can't afford it." <laughs> Um, even though, yeah, even though I, I fought for this country, whatever country, even though, even, yeah, even though I probably killed a bunch of people for America, yeah, I can't, yeah, that's like, that's the whole reason for him going is, oh yeah, it will, it will give you the money to get your, your back fixed. Um, he said, let's see, they, they can, they can fix the spinal if you got the money, but not on GA, uh, benefits or v, sorry, not on VA, VA benefits, not in this economy. Not, <laughs> not in this, in this economy. economy. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that. That's like yeah. that's like the old. Oh, how are we going to pay for it? <laughs> right. Yeah, we can't give me your like, back. Right. Wait. Re really? <laughs> like letting you walk again in this economy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's an interesting thing. They had that line in both versions. Although it was a really funny Easter egg. There is when they show um, Earth in the extended edition. It is like all advertisements, right? Oh, um, of course. And, and, yeah, and it's a little like city, and there's like there's no green there, which they talk about later on in the movie. Um, and uh, uh, Jake goes to a bar. You know, the, the so this this, this is cut though, stuff. right? Yeah. This is this is not this is yeah, the extended yeah. version. Yeah, he goes to a bar and he uh, he uh, beats up some guy who hits a woman, or whatever. He kind of shows his character, but what's interesting, and, and then uh, this is not this is like kind of related to capitalism when they when they show him his brother, the corpse of his brother, and I I forget if this is in the real movie, 
but the his brother they they're about to burn him but they literally have put his brother's body in a cardboard box um because you know that was like the cheapest thing right yeah <laughs> no, that, that that's, uh, in, like that's in that's in that's in the that's in the the regular version um oh, okay yeah I, I just love that it's literally a cardboard box even though you're gonna burn it i get it but like uh yeah um and then later on later on when jake is talking about how the navi are not gonna they're not gonna give up their stuff he says this one line. He says, uh, uh, they're not going to give up their home. What, for light beer, for blue jeans? There's nothing we have that they want, right? And the way he's phrasing what we have is all in terms of consumption, right? Of, of like this, the, the, you know, the, the beer, which, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, the opiate of the masses. And, uh, and blue jeans, the most, one of the most American products out there, right? And, like, and he doesn't say they're not going to give up the home. He doesn't say, oh, what, for for science or for art. No, 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 no. It's light beer and blue jeans. It's the things that he mentions. I thought that was very, like, a very uh, on point for Cameron to include that line in there like that. Um, Cameron doesn't, you know, he he uses his dialogue very um, effectively. But one thing I want to mention that I learned, this is from a wiki about the movie. So I don't think they talk about it directly in the movie. I don't know exactly how they come to this. But we mentioned the RDA, which is the organization that runs, that's basically going there to steal all the resources. And they talk about how they have complete rights, and they actually are more powerful than any government on Earth. So this RDA company is literally the most powerful you know, entity in the universe, well, we, they end up losing, as we see. But, you know, they are. And apparently, they were supposed to go there, and they weren't allowed to use, like, weapons of mass destruction, which which will, I think, which brings us to the point where I, this has been made note of in other podcasts about oh, let's this Let's do movie. it. Let's do it. Is the, is the tree <laughs> and the 9-11 metaphor. Yes. Um, I was about to, yes. But, but yes. what I think what's so, what, what I think is so interesting about them talking about the not using weapons of mass destruction. It just, it's so funny. It's like they're going there to use the weapons of mass destruction to take down 9-11 tree versus how we went to war over the, you know, so-called weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Right, so yeah. it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little, su- little thing in there. I'm surprised they didn't actually, they use a lot of language around the Iraq war. I'm surprised that they actually use the term weapons of mass destruction in the movie. I bet you it's sitting on the cutting room floor uh, somewhere. But yeah, let's talk about home tree. Um, the, yes. uh, the climax or, I mean, it's not the climax. The climax is the battle at the end. It's like, it's like kind of like the biggest, uh, the, the height of the movie, the height of the second act before, uh, uh, you get to the third act. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I didn't notice, I honestly did not like think about nine 11 when I watched this the first time. Um, just because like the tree doesn't like collapse in on itself and yeah. stuff, but, and I honestly don't think james cameron was necessarily thinking about 9-11 like like in his mind when he made the scene no but i don't yes, think he was is, yeah it is undeniable mostly in the scenes where after the tree has been struck by all these missiles um and with these uh well i love these helicopters in this thing it was just like it's just like it's like vietnam on steroids right with <laughs> like it's they're all just painted that 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 united states military green and they're just all kind of just these like these just ballooned up synth oil versions of like of of those you know those choppers that we're used to from all our favorite Vietnam movies and I guess the actual war itself um, and uh, uh, just firing these missiles and napalm and stuff and all stuff into the into the tree yes. not using weapons of mass destruction and using gas literally using gas on on them and then there's a scene where like they're all standing in front of the tree and it's just like smoldering and burning 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 and that to me I was like oh this is this is you had some now. people jump you, so there, you, in like if you slow it down i believe there's a moment where people are jumping out of the of the tree like one or yeah, two people yeah they're getting yeah they're getting knocked off the branches above, yeah uh, uh, yeah yeah um uh yeah i mean it's like there are movies that have done 9-11 imagery a little bit like like a movie that is not a perfect movie um and in fact is a movie that i despise uh and i hope if you're if you're gonna use this you can cut this if you're gonna use this for a later podcast but it's man of steel no, um, no, I hate that, that movie. movie. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. That movie had a lot of 9-11 imagery because it literally had buildings collapsing in on them, pancaking them, like like setting themselves up for conspiracy theories type of stuff. Um, and this doesn't really have that. The tree like actually falls over instead of like, you know, like that. But like after it's all done and they've left Jake's body there, he's just covered in that ash. 
all yeah. that, that it's like, hard to mistake cancerous yeah yeah ash yeah um and what's great about this what's great about this and uh and again i've just spoken about this but what's great is james cameron made a movie where they're like hey remember 9-11 we're gonna make it so you watch the usa do it and then <laughs> you cheer against against them you cheer for the navy afterwards because you are saying oh my god the us is so evil they did not 11 and by the way by the way that's that's the thing that's the real thing i mean like like say what you want about like i don't agree with osama bin laden for the record asterisk yeah but like is American foreign policy and, and American imperialism that, that set the ground for 9-11 to happen. It, like, it's, it, like, they didn't do it directly, obviously, but like, you know, the Afghanistan war, like betraying Osama bin Laden and stuff like that. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't think, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think Bush, if he had a button that said like, do 9-11, yes or no, I think he would have pressed the no button. I really do. But like, you know, we, the actions that we do in the world create more and more violence, create these cycles of violence. Just a domino and, effect. Yeah. And that's just the actual 9-11. There's nothing to do with like, you know, just like the drone program and like just various stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, if, you, if you're in the, the hospital, nearby the hospital that Obama drone and then you watch Avatar, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's just like that hospital, you know, <laughs> like, right. So like, like this is we're doing this all over the place. And we're doing this in, in ways without missiles and just, you know, and just using like, you know, we're doing it with just like water. Right. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you know. And uh, um, yeah, and that's what's truly amazing about that movie is that, and you know, it's probably the reason why everyone, like all, like the right never like glomped onto it because like uh, the, the, these conservatives, like they can, they can twist anything, any movie, especially like these Marvel movies, they love the Marvel movies. They can twist it into some sort of uh, thing that like uh, reaffirms their conservative beliefs, but Avatar will not let them do that. Do they, do they hate, do conservatives hate Avatar? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from what I can tell, there's th when when the reviews came out, yeah, they're like, oh, actually, America is not that bad, oh, uh, <laughs> like stuff like you that. You went like, too far, know. guys. You went too far. Yeah, yeah, they're like, well, America's done some bad things, but we are most. Um, but yeah, but like since then, like the, I think they're just in the the uh, oh, you know, it, the dialogue was weak. Oh, it was who? No one remembers the story, which uh, I I gotta say. Um, just about that. We'll get back to the 9-11 thing. Uh, the idea that no one remembers the story of Avatar, uh, James Cameron in a very recent interview said, um, he said, I'm going to read this to you. He said, the trolls will have it that nobody gives uh, a poop and they can't remember the characters' names or one damn thing that happened in the movie. Then they see the movie again and go, oh, excuse me, let me just shut the hell up right now so I'm not worried about that. And he's talking about that. With that, that. Love it. Love it, James. But see, um, but see yeah. I, I, think that they, I think that they do like this movie I mean, movies don't make this much money if they don't get a pretty good cross-section, yeah. you know? That's the thing. They saw it. They saw it. Probably some of them saw it twice. And, and then it was probably only once they were like, wait a second. Was that supposed to be America? <laughs> it's like, is this, it's like, it's like uh, that, the, like the meme, like, you know, is this play about us? Like, yes, yes. This avatar yeah. is about us. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with the matrix, this whole, this matrix language, uh, where matrix is clearly an allegory about capitalism, um, which has been uh, stated by the, the Wachowski siblings, um, or like rage against the machine stuff where they're like, Oh, when did you guys get political? You know? <laughs> Literally the part yeah. where he said, we, you burn crosses about the police. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. So, but like for the most part, like even, even like, if like a conservative could have liked it, like not for long, you can't be like, oh yeah, like I, I, like they can't go through their minds and be like, I support indigenous people uh, all the time, but the only example I can think of is when they made that movie with the blue people, you know? Like, <laughs> right, right. They, they can't fit it into their worldview. World they just can't twist it enough. And again, it's this, it's this moment uh, where where the United States is doing 9-11 to, a, to a, an, an indigenous population uh, using shooting missiles against people with bows and arrows. And, and the people in the audience being like, oh my God, these, this is evil. And, you know, and for, the, for the characters, for Korich in that, in that scene, he is drinking his coffee 
Uh, right. And uh, he's like, he's like, all right, let's go. Let's go back home. You know, time to continue the day that we were doing before, you know, just go about our normal thing. Like this can't, we can't let this uh, mess up the routine. Well, what's, uh, what's interesting know? too is though, that Sully helped gather the Intel that enabled him to, I mean, they had Intel of course, but this is one of those yeah, moments so- where you feel pretty like Sully isn't a great, I mean, he is trying to help them. And you see, like, him trying to redeem himself after, like, after it happens, he's, like, grabbing the older women, and he's trying to help them. But he did give them the information that aided them to do the 9-11. So, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Jake Sully. And uh, first of all, let me say, uh, people say he's, like, a blank slate. I don't think he's a blank slate at all, actually. I think he is, I think this guy here, and I think Sam Worthington actually is, is, terrific i think he nails it completely and there's a lot of emotion in the role and it's actually very subtle and um and i don't think you can just like fit any person there i think he's a he's a he's a marine as he's a jarhead as he calls himself um and he's depressed because he has lost his one the one thing that makes him him and that's his ability to dish out violence right and, right. He, and, he, and he and he can't he can't do anymore he's in the wheelchair but he's still like he's a true he believes in what's right right and so but he, he's lost. He doesn't care about anything at this point. He's just jaded and depressed. And so they say, well, give your legs back. All you got to do is talk to these blue guys. Um, and, you know, just tell me what they're doing. Tell me what they're up to. And he knows the deal for the most part. He knows. And I don't think he has kind of been truthful with himself on how far um, Corch is willing to go. And as Corch pushes in the movie and as the, the conflict escalates, he is he is more he is he begs more and more to no let me go talk to him no please let me go talk to him. yeah because um, he's falling in love with Nateri and this is this is his arc right his arc is yeah he helped him yeah he helped uh, the the uh, RDA the the United States do the nine eleven he helped them yeah but then but then but then the only way out of this for him right the only the the, the his his besides besides just uh, um, becoming one of the clan and. And becoming Taruk Makto and taking the big Ikran to Taruk, whatever, and bringing it down. Like he uses his knowledge of the empire and of science too. Like for instance, when he takes Taruk Makto, he uses what he has learned from Grace about the biology of creatures to be able to take this large bird creature yep. and 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 get the rest of the. He's smarter apart. than he, he appears too. I think. Yeah, he's learned. He's learned because of it. Because he's he's he's. He's realized these other strengths besides just his ability to like to you know to 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 shoot a gun and stuff, um, which at the beginning of the movie that's what he does, right? That's what he's 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 there to be like a, a their um, their security dude, and the first thing he does he, is he like like he, I mean I actually think he's actually a really kind of well developed character, and he's kind of shown that like the, when he gets into this body, like something clicks with him, right? And it's like I can use my legs, but also like I, I'm experiencing a type of freedom that I've never felt before, a freedom like free from like the, the bonds of imperialism. Well, well, um, and when he's in the body though, I feel like he has a completely different mindset than when he's in his own body, which I think is, yeah. which is why the character I think is more developed and people say the opposite because they perceive him as his himself in his human body, not the avatar. Well, so this just came out of my mind right now. And I'm glad you had me on this podcast talking about this, but his body, like in the, in his body, in his wheelchair, he is in a mechanical prison, right? But he's also in the the larger prison of the RDA, and in the larger prison of life on Earth. And to a certain extent, all the characters that are like the mechs, the mechs, you sit inside the mech, right? But for the birds, the Ekron, you sit on top of them, and and you know you're, you're around them and exposed to the outside with them. Um, so like uh, like yeah, when he gets in that body, he's suddenly outside the prison. And he's like, oh my God. And he immediately Freedom. he can't even handle it. He can't even handle them doing their tests or whatever. He just rips that stuff off and he just goes running immediately. Um, and you know, and it's it's a great scene. And it's like it's like really emotional. Very quickly in the movie, it's really emotional. Um, and like and like and then when he meets Nateri, you know, he's trying to get in, intel and stuff. But like she he starts to like he's first just seeing her as, you know, the target, right? Um, but then as they develop, obviously Caesar is a person, but not only that, he sees all of them as people and he starts to think like them. And then at the end of the movie, and I think it's a really great line, it's like really on the nose, but in the movie, he calls the humans the aliens, right? Because what what makes Jake Sully like a, not Kevin Costner, right? <laughs> and what, what what makes him not um, the the 
Pocahontas's boyfriend, whatever that what was. That guy's name? Oh God, <laughs> so I don't Smith, remember. Smith, John Smith is that his name? Yeah, John Smith. Uh, what, what makes what makes him not that is that he is that Jake Sully um, and Grace to a certain extent, but Jake Sully gives up his life for the Navi in the form of his human body. Not only does he he uh, not only does he turn down like uh, he he gets the offer. He says the uh, course is like, bro, your legs on the menu. We're gonna do it. You know, like you're you're good, you're done. You can go home tomorrow. Get your legs. And he's like, no, no. I, I like when when he makes that turn after the home tree, the destruction of the home tree, right? Uh, and and you know, um, and he's he, or it might be right before that. Whatever. He's like, he's not gonna do it. He, he he's he he is okay in his mind. He doesn't know that he's gonna become an avatar, or whatever. He just knows that that his avatar loves. Nateri and loves the plan and he's willing to give up his last chance for legs and he throws it away and then later on he's willing to throw away everything his entire life and he literally throws his life away his human body dies and the the white savior jake sully dies and he is not that person anymore he is officially one of the navi if anything an outsider to them and an outsider to humans but he is not he is not a human anymore he's no longer the white man Right, he has used everything he learned from the from uh, the empire to attack the empire and to help the Navi. Because you know, people people uh, uh, criticize James Cameron uh, for being like, uh, "Oh, well, white guys got to come and help the Navi." Yep, that was it's one of the like, things no, I was like, going to mention. That's yeah, the one. That's James the one Cameron. thing about the movie where I feel like he gets it wrong at first. But I think your your explanation of him kind of like giving up the white savior to be one of them kind of turns it on its head. Oh, oh, good. I didn't know you. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's, he stops being white. That's the thing. He stops being white. He has the ability to give up being white and he does it. He leaves it all behind. He can never go back. He cannot breathe the air on earth, you know, like, uh, uh, and yeah, and he's this there. He is just a Navi now. And when it comes to like the James Cameron thing and like the white savior thing, a lot of people are like, well, you know, like, like you, you have the white guy come along and helping save the Navi and they win the fight. And James Cameron was basically like, listen, in real life, they would have just killed all the Navi, right? Like, like, like they had they had bows and arrows versus these huge gunships. The only way for a culture like that to fight back is to take the weapons and tools of the empire and turn them against them. Um, and it usually doesn't happen, right? Um, and yeah, and that's the that's the message of the movie. As 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 another podcast has said that it, you to in order to be a good person, you need to lay down your life and turn the weapons of the empire against itself and die for the cause. So that's where I think, so I think like, yeah, J- John Smith didn't do that. John Smith could always, he always had the option of going back with whatever, um, um, like, you know, wherever the hell he was from. I used to know about <laughs> the book. I read something yeah, yeah. on it. <laughs> but well, one thing too, that you, that this kind of brings up is you talk about how he, you know, he gives up himself and, you know, you have to, you know, you have to turn or turn the weapons around on them. And I think that's what actually made this movie. Well, one of the reasons why this movie was so popular and it was very popular in Latin America and Brazil and, yeah. you know, other places like that, because especially within like leftist circles, which I think is why, you know, maybe it's seeing a little bit of a resurgence and it's actually a good time for the sequel and not that we know what's going to happen. Yes. But in that movie is actually used in a lot of the socialist countries or leaning countries where they're, you know, um, Brazil and so on to not to like use what they're doing, but just kind of say like, it's possible. Yeah. Right. Like Evo Morales, like was like, this is great, dude. <laughs> exactly. Cameron, like talk, talk about the news. Um, there were a bunch of like indigenous tribes. I uh, used it uh, to, like, especially there was one, I think in like, um, I think it was India. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Or no, it was India. I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. That was like used, uh, used avatar in like uh, some sort of advertising campaign against actual miners who were mining their, like their homeland and stuff. And yeah, no, this, this, one of the reasons this did so well globally is so many people felt this because so many people are like, yeah, imperialism is bad because they're, because the victim, the, the world is the majority of the of victims of imperialism. Like you and I, we are, we are like, we are the consumer class here, we're, we're, but we're the beneficiaries of imperialism. Uh, uh, yeah, it worked out great for us, but like, but yeah, for, for like, you know, however many of the 8 billion people, they, they got the short end of the stick, right? And, and, you know, and whatever, they get to see this movie and they're like, oh my God, 
like uh, uh this it, like like it's like you this is this is one of the first movies from america that i've seen that is talking about us right and and like and well, in, know, a main, in a mainstream way at least right yeah the most i can't think of a i can't think of a movie uh like i looked at, i looked at all the big blockbusters especially the ones that made this amount of money and it's all the ones you would think and none of them not like star wars deals with like fascism i yeah. guess but but like you're there, it's really stuck in no. that world like, mode matrix yeah. maybe but that's only the capitalist kind of aspect that the and full honestly i don't even think the Ma- the matrix uh uh trilogy the matrix quadrilogy now uh is uh i don't think it's in the the top 20 but no it's like probably icing, not right <laughs> it's like it's like oh yeah the Matrix movies <laughs> and like maybe some people are being like oh yeah i i too am a minion and the minion represent us the, the, perhaps the, the poor and working class but no not nothing nothing is obvious as it's too dangerous it's too dangerous for a filmmaker to be like oh like we're going to make America sucks the movie. Well, they won't even make uh, them. They won't yeah. make the only reason they make this movie is because it's James Cameron. Right. Yeah. And it almost, you know, if you watch some of the stuff, about it, it almost didn't get made. Yeah. It was like, it was like a miracle that happened. And this was in James Cameron's head for a very long time, but he like, it, not even just with the story. Like he was just like, well, we can't, you know, we can't, well, can't. He, like he, one of the problems is like, oh, oh he's like, he, he gave up his salary on this movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's, actually, he still um, made money, but, his salary yeah, yeah. money listen you want you want the, there are more evil rich guys than james cameron like he is a, a, a yeah i mean listen he, he's more in the bruce wayne side of things yeah. than, than the elon musk side of things i would say um but like he uh yeah he's also done a lot of stuff in like a um uh in new zealand and he's like set up like uh he's he's like creating a sustainable farm down there probably for him to escape to uh, after <laughs> right, the climate right. apocalypse but uh, um but even but like even the message the message of avatar like like this is this is the matt boars meme like oh you still like you know whatever like you want to improve society somewhat kind <laughs> of thing like it, even the even him making this movie and being like like this idea of I see you that the Navi say he is saying I see you to poor people and to indigenous people and to all the oppressed people and like that that's that's solidarity right there that's activism as far as I'm concerned yeah that, that, yeah. That's a, that, yeah no I, I agree and, like, and one thing that I was that the kind of we've well, this we have a couple more minutes let's say um, to go I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut that part but let's say five ten more minutes. Um, but, uh, what I was gonna say was that one of the aspects of the movie, um, that I saw, so I was, I was doing some kind of reading and seeing what people were saying. And I came across an article looking at it from more of like a leftist, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about theory, but the, the theory ish closest thing I'll get to in the movie was, you know, the, the, the Navi you could see as like the proletarian revolution against this like capitalist class. I mean, you can call them whatever you want, but I mean, the way, we don't know. We've already kind of talked about bringing, you know, going against your oppressor. Um, I think it fits a lot with some of the decolonization of like Africa, you know, where, you know, um, the eventually the oppressors like France, you know, they, they, they're not getting cooperation from the, from the people that they need cooperation from. And eventually, you know, slowly things turn on them and they eventually leave and try and still put their will and, you know, into the, the newly developed country. But, um, I just wanted to throw that out there too. Um, yeah, like, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Like if any, in a way, like to kind of like turn off of that in a way, like this is like this, this movie is like a way to like build strength. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. For leftists. Right. Um, it's like a piece of propaganda. Right. Like, is that going on with what you're saying? Yeah, like in, in a way. I mean, I mean, I don't think, I don't know that necessarily, well, I think that goes back to the to the advertising you're talking about, how they use this movie as an advertisement. You know, right. I think that's what, I don't think that James Cameron may have had that deeper meaning in mind. He had like the sketch of it. You know, I don't think he was right. thinking of it to yeah. this extent, but I don't think it's so far stretched to say that that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think if you ask James Cameron, I think uh, I think James Cameron would be like, "Yeah, I think Joe Biden's doing his best he can." Like, I think that's what he would say, right? Like, I don't think uh, 
like, but I think on the inside, his true thoughts, his beliefs about what is right for people and what people deserve and stuff, I think are aligned with, with these beliefs. So a lot of that just came out in this stuff. And yeah, like, right, exactly. Using, like this, we separating art from the artist here, and same with like, like the Matrix, because you know the Matrix is a bunch of different things going in there. But like for 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 Avatar, like uh, the message is his own life, right? What the the events of the movie it takes on its own life, and it doesn't really matter what James Cameron wanted there. It doesn't really matter if he was thinking about nine eleven during the nine eleven scene. It's still the nine eleven scene, and you know, and it's really interesting though. Like, like what what's what's our leftist media? What's the most? What's like? What's the leftist TV show that everybody likes? And they're, well, they're Breaking Bad. I don't know. Like, 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 is there one? Like, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't know and, the uh, and, the like, Expanse. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, man. Which I, I haven't seen. I read which is funny because like, it's because yeah, Jeff Bezos yeah. loves that show on his own network, of which course, is ironic, of course. Yeah, or like, yeah, like Star Trek. I mean, at least the older uh, Star Trek when they when they touch about these issues. But like, um, like, yeah, like you don't get you don't like, you don't one, get this stuff. Is I guess what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you're what you're getting is you're getting, uh, you know, you're getting Marvel movies where like every single superhero is a fascist, right? And, like some of them I, I really like a lot, but they're all like they're all like yeah, might might makes right, and uh, I'm gonna go beat up who I determined to be the bad guys, uh, right? And and like uh, and also I work for the United States, and they, I love that, <laughs> and like literally. Literally, the, the Defense Department like consults on some of these movies, right? Uh, I forget which ones they like. Was it like? I forget which ones they consulted on, but they they definitely. There's like, a list of like 360 or more movies they've consulted on, like not not, yeah, not yeah. in general. Um, but there's one are thing you, 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 I thought you're just listing the Marvel movies. Oh 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 oh, oh yeah, but they <laughs> no, yeah. What might the joke there being that there have been 360 Marvel? Movies? Oh, there might be um, at this point, like included on all the episodes. Yeah. So I have a note here mentioning kind of like the relationship between you know, science and imperialism and how, and how like, what's funny about this. Okay. If you want to, if you want to wind me up. So like what's, what's, what's funny about this, what's interesting about capitalism, what's interesting about imperialism is that, and I talked about this before, I talked about DARPA and stuff and capitalism, you know, capitalism, I mean, it's not the innovation engine it it claims to be, but it has, it it has like created a, uh, a world in which you need to have uh, a certain infrastructure so you can get people to buy products. But it is because of this infrastructure and it is because of the technology that we've created for the military and stuff like that, that we can support sustainably a population of 7.8 billion people and do it in a carbon neutral fashion. Like before capitalism happened, like if you go back to like, you know, um, let's say like, you know, 1800, like 1780 or whatever, before like the, the, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, like, you couldn't sustain a population of eight billion. You just didn't have the technology for it, and you didn't you didn't have the the roads. You didn't have like the things that you need. Um, and but now we're there. Now we're you want to go there? Okay. Now now we're there. Now we're there. And the only way we can move forward from now and stop climate change is by using the tools of capitalism and imperialism against itself. Right? Like. Like building power plants, building sustainable power plants like wind farms and solar and stuff like that, that is what's going to save the environment. Maybe, maybe nuclear. I'm not the biggest nuclear fan, but I'll take it if you have to do it. But like getting, like we waste 40% of our food, right? Like getting that food to the hungry people, like that, you need technology to do that. You need the, uh, the leavings, the, uh, the, the, the emergent properties of capitalism and imperialism to be able to get that food you need the the satellites right yeah we need these gps satellites so we can organize and like once you know after if we can move in the direction of socialism to keep that up and defend that um and so it's almost like capitalism and imperialism in a way have allowed us to be at the point for the first time ever where we could really have a global socialist system without having you know like without like with our current population without having a sudden drop off of population or something like that. Um, and like, uh, and that's what, so that's like, a, it's a kind of like a, a, a it's a inherent paradox. To a certain extent, this is what Marx talked about, right? How like capitalism will like burn itself out basically. Yeah. Right? Essentially it will. Uh, yeah. But he, of course he wrote that and like, you know, he, he didn't know what, he didn't know what Fortnite was when he wrote that <laughs> stuff. Right. Like, he didn't know James uh, Cameron. He didn't know James Cameron's brilliance. 
Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I think Karl Marx. I think he would have loved this movie because I know a lot about Karl Marx, and I, he was a big, big sci-fi guy. Um, but yeah, it's so like, and I think that's the whole thing with Grace Augustine and with these scientists there who do, in the end, make the right decision. Norm, Norm basically takes a bullet for uh, uh, for the for the cause in his Avatar body, um, and like, uh, and uh, and that little side scene they, they they pull out and they use those tools of imperialism and capitalism to fight back and it might be using these tools like you know the uh, oh oh you like socialism yet you have an iphone well you know maybe the iphone is what is going to help us to get through socialism like much sooner than without it right and uh, i think this is a really interesting idea that like that uh you know that we we kind of created this monster of technology and um and science which is i think theoretically good although often used for evil but we can use these tools to actually get us to the utopia that we all deserve yeah no it's true i mean the the amount of things just like with the food aspect or you can go with anything is if there's no if the profit motive of someone making money off of it isn't there imagine how many you know i saw a long time ago the amount of food like a whole foods just like dumps in the trash at the end of each day they could feed like the entire community but if they didn't care you know obviously jeff bezos cares about his bottom line but there's no uh, you know um but yeah it's i i I agree you know you you have to use the tools that are available when you only had you know um ham radios or you have whatever else you have that's what you use and now you have so many tools at your disposal um i mean the the navi used tools at their disposal that they had or, or at least the knowledge of the aircraft because what do they call them like the flying what's the they have a, a, a name for them like the flying um, you mean uh, the, the bird guys no the, what 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 do they call what do the navi call like the 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 military the airplanes like the sky people right Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sky people. So they're using they're u- body, yeah. right. So they're using the the sky people's technology and knowledge of how to destroy it, and and they're successful. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, because knowledge is a weapon too, and and uh, and and was that knowledge was developed like through the military, and Jake seizes upon it and uses it for revolution. Well, and, and also if you think about it this way too, is they. Um, Augustine is teaching them, obviously teaching them English and general things, but you have to think about what did they teach them that might have also enabled them to destroy them. You know, they had this, they gained knowledge through that process that probably aided in their destruction. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, like even, even and in, in the deleted scenes, even the death of, of Neytiri's sister at the school kind of shows them this truth. Uh, that oh yeah the rda the united states is willing to kill you for very little reason right and uh and you should be scared of them and you should prepare and you cannot you cannot underestimate them even that's knowledge right there mm-hmm. like that's knowing your enemy as, as very interesting. of course english too without the english they couldn't have taught jake uh jake sully uh navi and like and then you had this kind of exchange of ideas so like even that like even though as much as imperialistic as it is it gives them an advantage to understand what what he's saying right and and, and allows for that, that uh, you have to um, know your enemy back and forth yeah which is the United States. Um, exactly. Um, well, I think we, we've kind of covered the, the you know, obviously we could probably spend another hour on Avatar because it's awesome. And But any any final uh, thoughts about the, the movie that we, we didn't cover or just any last impressions you want to share? I mean, I would just say for anyone listening to this podcast, if, you, if the last time you saw Avatar was like 2009, you should definitely watch it again because it, it, it really, like my rewatch this time around, and this is like the, the fourth or, or fifth time I've seen it. Um, really cemented it as like just one of my favorite movies because even without the leftist stuff, it's just so good. Um, and uh, and the leftist stuff just makes it that much better. And like it makes you know every kind of every bit of solidarity is important. And every single kind of just every, any sign that there's someone else out there that believes the same things you do and wants you know wants like like. Uh, uh, Equality, right, and, and, and equitability, and like this wants you know wants just healthcare. It wants people to be able to get their spinal injuries fixed for free. Like, uh, it's it's really nice to know that that person exists, and like, and someone as powerful as James Cameron can can be a person like that. Um, and so, so yeah, um, 
Yeah. And also, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just fun to watch guys walk around wearing uh, robot suits. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can't say about the, just, just visually, the movie is, is awesome. Yeah. And, and then the, the, the plot and the, and the acting is, you know, they didn't, they didn't just get a bunch of, um, you know, uh, idiots in there you know for the scenes they they did they yeah. he, he he did it right and um yeah i i, I too i seen it maybe four or five times i watched it again um last a uh, couple weeks ago and then i kind of skimmed through little bits of it just so i had forgotten a couple parts but yeah i would, would highly recommend anyone who thought of this movie a long time ago and thought like oh that movie was cheesy and lame but it's not you you need to and see just, it anyway yeah and so, as a quick like a test a test me that like when i rewatched it this time i was surprised by how little i'd forgotten like Every scene, I was like, "Oh yeah, right, yeah." No, I remember this. I remember. This. I remember all of it. Like you know, and like it, it's just, it takes a like. I don't think I could do that for any of the Marvel movies. No, no, they all they're all just like one big mush. Yeah. Really, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and and I and I enjoy them. You know, I enjoy watching them. Likewise, but but they're they're it's it's like uh, you know it's just like a little a little neural stimulation uh with some shooting and killing that that's enjoyable uh, but yeah evan i really appreciate uh you joining me today on the podcast uh thanks so much for for your time and i had a, had a blast. thank you for for letting me uh um blab at length about avatar <laughs> No, no, it's a, it's a great movie. And so for anyone uh, out there, you can check out the podcast on your um, app of choice, Spotify, or so on, Apple Pods. And if you could uh, click a little review on there, that would be great for the algorithms that be. And I'll see you next week on Left of the Projector. 